Hey everyone, welcome to episode 97 of the Twim Show. This is your host Sajid Islam and today I'll be going over the notable news and updates from the week of February 21, 2022. With that, let's start off today with some news from Facebook or the company previously known as Facebook, uh, which is Meta today. But anyways, Facebook has announced that Facebook Reels is available globally to all users. Previously, it was uh, limited to certain users, to certain uh, countries, but now it's available to everyone. I was one of those few people that we ha- I had Reels on my newsfeed and I will tell you that this was quite entertaining uh you know obviously i found some of the reels that showed up on facebook were very uh informative educational there were some entertaining stuff but mostly i skimmed over it but you know it, what the news over here is that it's going to make that much harder for tiktok right now because facebook is basically pushing on reels because they want to counter they want to counter uh tiktok's rise popularity and obviously this is one of the way so anyways some of the stuff that you want to talk uh you want to be aware of is that um just without with reels you know you have the option to uh remix a reel uh and you'd be able to save reels in draft modes now if you are someone who does a lot of facebook lives then you'd be able to take a clips from that facebook live and be able to make reels out of there uh and test different things um the this is this part is very important only because you know uh YouTube allows you to do that take lives and long lives and cut it up and basically push it out as reels so Facebook is kind of taking some of the stuff from YouTube and taking some things from um you know TikTok and trying to figure out you know can we keep users engaged entertain things like that with that having said let's move on to the next up with LinkedIn uh LinkedIn this week was very busy so they have we have three updates i believe from LinkedIn but anyways the first one is LinkedIn has launched a LinkedIn uh, marketers group this is for anyone who is doing LinkedIn marketing wants to do more in LinkedIn marketing you want to become a guru on LinkedIn marketing this is the group uh you want to be part of uh the group is going to provide insights and tips uh which will aim to provide community support and directions for digital marketers that's exactly reading from LinkedIn's announcements. Uh, it's going to its focus is going to be sharing industry knowledge relevant topics as well as conducting discussions about new and upcoming changes as well as insights for the platform itself to assist improve LinkedIn marketing tactics. Having said that, I will tell you LinkedIn groups has been very spammy in the past, uh, maybe with LinkedIn's moderation, LinkedIn's firepower which is basically the dollar amount they have uh and be able to hire people and be able to moderate and ask questions and things like that that might be a good thing uh, but if you have been a group owner you know it's not that easy right uh, again i'm saying it's not that easy but with the right amount of money and the right you can hire the right mindset the right people and with that you would be able to grow a group and this if linkedin is able to do that this is actually amazing because that kind of shows uh the possibility of creating online communities uh in groups and you know groups are not necessarily a new phenomenon right groups have existed even before you know these social media platforms had it there was webulletin back in the day forums uh you know news uh I forgot what they are called but you know there used to be back in the early days you know the, we developers programmers used to come together and help each other out but it's just that with the internet and making things everything so easy there are a lot of trolls and a lot of you know 
crappy people who have been able to now join the stuff who would have not otherwise joined the groups. Uh, and that's what I meant by stuff. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword, right? You want everybody to be, in, you want to be inclusive and in, invite everyone else, but at the same time you realize, oh crap, you know, now we are attracting a lot of the unwanted people as well because they are just coming in and like, you know, messing up the whole group. But anyway, with that, LinkedIn has obviously the rules. You cannot spam, you cannot do this and blah, blah, blah. I'm not covering all those things because these are like some things we know. It's some of the rules that we follow to be a good citizen. We do not curse, we do not judge people, we do not, things like that. Having said that, uh, go ahead and try it out. What I will do is I will see if I can put a link to this group thing uh, on our show notes page so that you can check it out. Okay, with that. What you need to know about the LinkedIn podcast network. So LinkedIn is trying a new tactic, which is basically creating this uh, opportunity for you to post your podcast uh, through LinkedIn. So that way, uh, you know, your people are uh, not people, are, sorry, what am I talking about? Uh, so that way you can uh, listeners be able to access uh, link, LinkedIn podcast by following each podcast host in the app, subscribing to their newsletter, as well as uh, listening to via Apple podcast, Spotify and other audio sources now this is at a high level it's a pretty cool thing for example i am recording this show maybe you are following me on linkedin and you did not know this now you'd be able to follow me oh sajid has a podcast let me go subscribe to it now when you subscribe to it now you'd be able to like you know uh, you know, you'd be able to listen to it and you'll be able to follow me, get the new email address, things like that without necessarily having to step away from LinkedIn. So if you look at where the industry is heading, you know, it's like saying, if you're in LinkedIn, chances are you're going to stay in LinkedIn. We want to keep you in LinkedIn and we will just let you uh, enjoy the content on the LinkedIn platform. So imagine if you're at a basketball game, right? You want to be at a basketball game, but you know, there's, there are, you know, obviously may not be so great food restaurants at the, at the stadium, but you don't want to really step outside of the stadium to go eat and come back and do things like that. That's just a lot of hassle. Similarly, if you're on LinkedIn, you want to be able to consume the content on LinkedIn and be able to interact with the host and everything like that. Uh, you don't want to like, you know, step away. Having said all these things, you know, right now you can, you would have to apply to basically get your podcast up on LinkedIn podcast. It's not automatic, but I think I'm sure it's down the road. It's going to become uh, available to everyone. Uh, it's just that with LinkedIn, we've seen, you know, they did the same thing with LinkedIn Live. Okay. Next up, LinkedIn has announced or revealed a new post analytics. Uh, LinkedIn is hoping to provide interesting insights into content performance with new post analytics tool, which will provide you information about the people who are reading your LinkedIn updates, as well as the number of reaction each has received. The new analytics will give you a better idea of who is viewing your content with filters for job titles, industry, geography, and more. This could be a terrific approach to make sure your material reaches the people you want to target. If you have created personas for your own branding or marketing efforts, this could be a quick way to double check your target audience and fine tune your strategy based on the information you have gathered. This is, I am reading this straight from the show notes. Folks, you are listening to this. This is powerful. This is amazing, right? I mean, besides saying you got 10 likes and 20 crap and not 20 crap, 20 thumbs down and 20 love, you know, you, this is powerful. I love it. I, and I saw the uh, examples, pictures, the images that came out with this announcement. I was like blown away by it. I love it. Also, there's going to be a new e emoji, but I'm not really diving deep into it because it doesn't matter. Okay, next up, 
we have Microsoft advertising roles or dynamic descriptions. So what are dynamic descriptions? Well, dynamic descriptions are part of dynamic search ads. This is for people who are using dynamic search ads, which is basically you handing your money to Microsoft and saying, you know, hey, Microsoft, I want to run search campaigns so that anytime someone searches market and grow, my campaigns uh, show up, my website shows up. Now, previously, when you do the dynamic search ads, you know, what happened was you'd give them a, a Microsoft would just give you the automatically generate the headlines, but you'd still have to provide the text description. So again, market and grow is not a great example. Let's just talk about a, another product. Uh, let's just say, uh, I'm trying to look, I'm looking around in my office to see what can we do. Oh, let's just say purple pen, right? I have this purple pen in front of me, a purple mark highlighter. So let's just say you sell purple highlighters, right? Previously, you would set up a campaign. There's a dynamic search campaigns and you would say, well, I want my, I sell purple uh, highlighters. So anytime someone searches purple highlighters, you know, please show my ad and Microsoft Arti uh, AI, artificial intelligence would basically create, uh, you know, automatic headlines. So someone's looking for best purple highlighter, and based on what you have on your website copy, Microsoft would probably respond to that and show your ad, but you still have to write the description of that ad manually and put it in there. Now Microsoft is saying, hey, you know what? Not only can we do my uh, dynamic search headlines automatically, we are gonna also do dynamic search uh, descriptions automatically as well. Okay, just give us your money and we'll do the rest for you, which is awesome. It's good and it's bad. Uh, if you've been short, uh, listening to the podcast, you know I don't like all this automatic stuff all the time. It's just like, not be, don't be so blind. Uh, having said that, I will tell you though, uh, if you do choose this path, you need to make sure the copy on your website is crisp. It talks about everything so that because that's the copy that they're going to use, the artificial intelligence is going to use to be able to uh, write uh, your headlines as well as descriptions. Uh, by default, it's going to be, uh, not by default, it's going to be enabled by default from April. Uh, but having said that, what I will tell you is check it out. And if you're running Microsoft advertising uh, and you are currently using dynamic search ads, then it will automatically be turned on uh, dynamic search descriptions starting April as well. Okay, with that, let's move on to the next updates, which is Microsoft launches auto-apply recommendations and advertisers are opted in by default. Again, I do not like this. Please do not opt me into things automatically because most of the time, all these auto-apply recommendations are incorrect because you know it's an algorithm at a high level. They don't understand my business. They don't understand my customer. They don't understand my search patterns. And they just like apply all these things. Well, Microsoft will not increase your ad spend, will not increase your budget. It will make changes into you know a lot of different areas, five different areas, right? It will it will auto-apply recommendations on expanded ads, responsive search ads, multimedia ads, removing negative keyword conflicts, fixed conversion goal settings issues. You know, imagine how would you feel if the pharmaceutical company, whatever medicine you're on, decides, hey, we will automatically change the dosage, we will change things. Like you're like, hold on a second. That's why I have a doctor for he who decides he's trained, he knows what needs to be done. He knows what dosage and because there could be other side effects. I could have other medical complications that may arise from this dosage and changes things like that, right? 
Sim, the same concept applies to this. all these auto-recommendations. These are good, but take it with a grain of salt, apply it, and look at the whole picture comprehensively. Does this matter to me? If so, then change it. So having said that, uh, of course, you can uncheck it and stop auto uh, auto-apply recommendations to get turned on automatically. You would have to turn it off manually. But hey, that's what they want. They want to opt you in and then you have to opt out uh, until, you know, obviously there's enough backlash. But for now, if you're listening to this show, just keep an eye out. Whether it's Google or Microsoft, they're both like this. Do not auto-apply recommendations. It has never gone right for anyone that I've come across who does, um, you know, advertising, paid advertising. I'm telling you, not just for myself, I've seen it across the board. Uh, it's very rare for someone to come into any of the forums or groups that I'm part of where they say, hey, you know what, we applied auto, we turned on auto-applied recommendations and it's been rocket ship, never. Okay. With that, next update is Google. Google page experience update for desktop is live. This is something we have covered in our show from the time Google announced page experience update as well as to when they turned on page experience update for mobile. And now page experience for desktop is live according to Google's own announcement. So what is page experience update? Uh, it's basically the same thing as Google page experience update for mobile. Uh, the only thing, the difference between mobile and desktop is that in an easier website, mobile friendly. In mobile, Google grades you on that. On desktop, it doesn't. Other than that, the other options are LCP, FID, and CLS remains the same, which is the core web vital metrics, uh, which is like, you know, content layout shift. CLS stands for content layout shift. Does the content, you know, are you a website that loads one group of content and then as it's loading, you add, insert a lot of other content and then, you know, the layout shifts, right? Uh, and you will see some news websites do that, right? They will insert ads, they will do things, and you will get hit by that. <clears throat> first, FID is first input delay. How long does it take from the page loading up to, uh, um, you know, being able to enter a content? So again, not everyone will have that because some pages are just text only. They don't have any forms. But if you do have a form, then Google is going to grade you on that. The last is la LCP. Uh, it's basically saying, you know, how long does it take for the largest content, uh, you know, to render, which is if you have images and if it takes a long time, uh, then Google is going to ding you. Now, why? And I believe I mentioned this in the last time when it was announced that Google Page Experience update is going to come for desktop in February, that if your site is already optimized for mobile, you are pretty much good. You don't really have to worry about too much, but you just want to go into Google Search Console and, you know, check the report, right? And how to check the report is something it's on our show notes page. Check it out. But again, if your site is already optimized for mobile and you're already good, not known extra stuff to do, but if you're get hit by um, any of the stuff, uh, then go ahead and take a look at it. You will be glad you did. Okay. <clears throat> Next update is Google Merchant Center adds short title attribute. Uh, this is good because initially in the past, you could have a title of a product which is very long and then your ad or your product shows up in Google Discovery and everything is chopped off, right? People do not even get to see it. What Google is saying that that while the short title is between one and 150 characters long, or that's what Google will allow, between one and 150, Google is saying you should keep it between five and 65 characters because 
it will get chopped off, right? And obviously, Google gives us some guidance on what to do, what not to do, things like that. So who is this update for? This update is for anyone who is in e-commerce, who has Google Merchant Center, who has uploaded products. Again, remember, we covered this in our show where Google has done partnership with Shopify, WooCommerce, and I forgot what the third other platform was where if you use any of this e-commerce platform, your products will automatically go to Google. Right, So when it automatically goes to Google, uh, and if you are not using the short title, you're going to miss out. Right, Again, folks, this is why you listen to this podcast, because it brings you actionable items that will help you move the needle on your small business. Okay, so having said that, go ahead and start using the short title attribute, because, hey, you want to be found, you want to be able to sell. This is one of the ways because if people see good short, good description or short titles uh, sh- or titles properly, they know what your product is all about. They're going to go click on it and they're going to buy it. Okay. Next update on the same level is Google Shopping Experience sh- uh, Scorecard. It's uh, basically a new t- tool dubbed uh, by Google where Google is saying, hey, if you have good shopping experience, we are going to rank you higher or we're going to help you show up uh, on the search results. They did not exactly say rank, but I'm just making it up. Okay, as in that's my, that's my, how to say, understanding. But coming back, what Google is saying is that, uh, long story short, they're going to grade you on four areas, okay? And this is going to be based on... uh, Yosh, let me look at you. Uh, let me look at this. Uh, this is okay. This is big. Uh, you'll be graded on shipping speed, shipping cost, return cost, and return window. Okay. And then, if you on those four topics, Google is going to rate you excellent, comparable, or opportunity on each metric. Now, can you game this system? Absolutely. Because what Google is going to do is Google is going to take this information from your website on your product page, and they're going to grade you on that, right? So, of course, you could just say, hey, my, uh, there are no return costs, uh, return window is 90 days, uh, shipping cost is zero, and shipping speed is instantaneous. I ship it within a day, right? Of course, your score is going to go up, but eventually you're going to have crappy customers on the other end, they're going to complain. It's a, you know, something you want to do. Do you want to be one of those business? But what Google is saying that, you know, if you provide good customer experience, which is obviously you score higher on any all of this four stuff, then Google is going to reward you with a boost on ranks, a badge, and other perks that will help people find your business in the Google Shopping tab of Google Search. So folks, if you're listening to this, it matters for you to do the right thing figure out, hey, can we remove shipping cost? Can we ship it faster? Things like that rather than try to game the system, okay? And at the end of the day, it's easier to have have trust, uh, build a brand versus try to gamify the whole system. Everyone's going to hate you. Okay, next up on Google Ads, uh, for, uh, Google Ads has launched enhanced conversions for leads. It was not previously available. Now, how does it work? In the back end, you really don't, uh, well, let me take a back. How does it work uh, in the back end? In the back end, what's going to do is as you run Google uh, Ads, uh, enhanced conversion for leads, uh, what you'd be able to do is you'd be able to send first party data such as an email address, name, home address, and or phone number uh, back into Google in a hashed format. And Google will be able to use that data to be able to find more uh, similar customers for you and show your ad uh, accordingly, right? Previously, it wasn't available. Enhanced conversion does work. Uh, again, 
Google has a lot of information. So all you have to do is basically uh, find the, you know, what will I say? Uh, <clears throat> find that one customer, two customers and send the data back to Google in a hash format. Now you don't have to do all the hard work because if you are obviously running enhanced conversion for leads, you already have other conversions set up. So it's your ads guy who would probably make sure that everything is being sent back to Google and then off you go. But I just wanted you to know that it's an option that is there. Now, the next update uh, for this week is that uh, actually the two last updates are on SEO. One is a lot of people have complained or asked Google, hey, Google, I see uh, my status is discovered but currently not indexed. So Google's John Mueller has says, you know, hey, we know some people complain about that, but you know it could be forever, okay? Because people get like you know discovered means Google has Google has seen this page, but they haven't indexed it, right? Why is why, how long do I have to wait before my page get indexed? Well, John Mueller kind of lays it out very nicely. Um, is that look we have Google even Google has finite resources, even though that their goal Google's goal is to index all the world's content, but they cannot get to everything, uh, especially if you have a, if you add a lot of pages at the uh, at the same time. And number two is that, um, you know, Google needs to make sure that Google decides arbitrarily if this page has any value or not. So what does this mean? It means, folks, don't just be adding content for the sake of adding content. Add valuable content, right? Add content that will help answer people's question. Add content that makes you, uh, people read your page. Okay, and then uh, as Google will slowly and slowly, you know, when they come in and they discover the page, they see this is a valuable content. They're gonna, oh, this is unique. This is this this page says something about the company. Let me go and index it, and then they will index it. But once they have put it in a discover state, keep in mind it can be there forever. Okay. Maybe you need to copy the page, rename the page, create a new page, and then submit the thing like that. Again, I'm not trying to tell you how to or teach you how to game the system. I'm just saying uh, that maybe if it's there and it's bugging you, you really think that page should be indexed, maybe try a different link with different content. Okay. Lastly, a question was asked, and this is the last update for this week, was, is there SEO value of user comments on website? The answer is yes, with a caveat, or maybe it should be maybe, yeah, maybe yes. Only because, you know, yes, it does have a value if the comments are in supporting the content on the page, right? If the comments off topic, if the comments spammy, it has links and all those things, uh, doesn't talk about it, then the search engine is going to get co confused and it's going to, uh, you know, punish you, right? So, what John Mueller from Google has says, you know, yeah, there is value if you can moderate it and make sure it supports the content on the page. Uh, so if it's talking about wealth building and the support talks about wealth building and talks about how that program has helped, things like that, obviously it's going to be immensely helpful. But if it's irrelevant, it will degrade the quality of the page and obviously the you know you're gonna get uh, dinged on it and delisted things like that. So with that, folks, that's it for this week in marketing. Now you know everything that happened during the week of February 21. Uh, this is your host, Sajid Islam, signing off. Until next week, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week. It was a pleasure to serve you all. 
hit the subscribe button so that you remember to sign on next week. Same place, same time for another round of This Week in Marketing.